Welcome you to the sports kingdom. Welcome you to the sports kingdom. Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show, the first episode of 2019. Yes, I'm sir. your I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? Happy New Year, brother. How was I, your New Year's? Happy New Year, man. It was a good New Year's. I'm excited to see what 2019 brings us. Yeah, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be another big year be, for the show. It should be a good time. 2018 brought us a lot of a lot of good stuff, and yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're only looking to get get better in 2019. Before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android uh, like I said, this is the first episode of 2019 for the TSK show, so we thought it would be a good idea to go back and count down our personal top 10 sports stories of 2018. Tyler and I are also going to run through the two-minute drill as he has three questions for me, and I have three questions for him, all revolving around the NFL. To close the show, now that Christmas has come and gone, it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty in the NBA. Uh, so we're going to do our favorite hoop segment, the starting five. Uh, so yeah, let's just kick it off right right now. Uh, we'll jump right into our top ten sports stories of 2018. Uh, how do you want to do this? You want to go ten to one or one to ten? I guess we'll start off with the big stuff. All right, so let's just start off with the and with number, a bang. Number one's pretty uh, pretty Pr- unanimous in these part in these parts. Yes, uh, I think we got the same, and that's LeBron coming to the Lake Show. Yeah, it's uh, it was the biggest signing. Uh, in Lakers history since Shaquille O'Neal coming uh, to Los Angeles from the Orlando Magic. Uh, since LeBron has been a Laker, uh, he's played pretty phenomenal, phenomenally in yep. the in his 16th season in the NBA. Right now he's out with an injury, but uh, it's okay. He's on the mend. He'll be back. Just turned 34. Yeah, or- just turned 34. But uh, for me personally, uh, it was big because I've been such a uh, LeBron hater uh, over his his career um but uh in his in more recent years i've come to to really appreciate his greatness and who he is as a basketball player and what he means to the history of basketball uh don't get me wrong i do think he is the greatest athlete of all time um i've grown to root for him as part of the lakers success uh, i know what it means for lebron james to be a part of the lakers franchise at this pivotal moment in their in their history uh so i'm i've welcomed lebron to la and uh, i'm hopeful he can lead a charge to another championship yeah i think the biggest part of this was you know you kind of touched on it was the the clashing of two worlds oh yeah the lebron and the kobe conversation was all the dominated sports when it came to just bullshit with your friends Um, yeah every sports argument came down to kobe and lebron um, for years and years and now all these people have to coexist as one happy family <laughs> yeah. under the Lakers umbrella listen I so that that's why it was the number one story of the year for, for sure because of how how big um, especially our generation uh, of basketball fans um, the people that really paid attention to the league the last 10 years plus um, 
just was crazy. Yeah, and I, I like I like the way you said it. Uh, these two these two groups of, of fans really coming together in a, in an umbrella. And I, I said it when LeBron James signed with the Lakers is I root for the name on the front of the jersey before the back and yeah. and the Lakers are what mean most to me. And if LeBron James is going to help them bring bring back the Lakers glory of old. Then I'm unless, I'm all for it. Basically, unless you were a Celtics fan, everybody was on a LeBron or or a Kobe boat for sure. I mean, everybody was for a, sure. Th- there was not a basketball fan out there outside of Celtics fans because Celtics fans, I think, are the only people that didn't like either one of them. Yeah, probably. Um, Kobe and LeBron were the only choices you had to be. That's how you represented yourself as a fan. First question right off the get-go, yeah. you know, Kobe or LeBron. An instant judgment comes right after that. Oh, for sure. Um, good or bad. I've, I've been judged so many times just off me saying Kobe. Yeah, yeah exactly. And everybody was. So um, this that's just such a big story to bring LeBron <laughs> to the Lakers. Crazy stuff. Yeah. And, and I think it, it showed a lot about him, uh, the way he did it compared to the past two times he's had a free agency decision. Um, I think with each with each decision he's made, he's grown. Yeah, yeah. Um, which makes sense as a person. You yeah, know, that's what happens. It's the circle you, of life. That's what happens when you get older and you experience more life. So, no, shout out to LeBron coming to the lake. I love it. Yeah, listen, man, we're, we're in the playoff hunt. Uh, I'm, I'm liking where we're at, where we're headed and where we're at right yeah. now. Uh, so what was your second? Cause I know we're going to differ the, a little bit. Yeah. Mine's not really in any sort of order, but I have just the 10 best stories of the year to me. And this is a good one. I'm glad to get this one out of the way early. And the, basically the headline is the, is Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Oh, God damn it. They did it. I didn't man. know you were going to hit me with this one this they, early. They did it, man. They, I think they, they've now they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't get a winning season, but they did. Better than I think most people They had thought. a winning season in their eyes. They had a winning season in their eyes because they now know who their quarterback is for two years in a row. Yeah. And since 1999, that hasn't been the uh, that hasn't been the case. So, And it looks like he's going to be there for the foreseeable future as well. Yeah. And not only that, the Cleveland Browns hit on their other draft pick in Denzel Ward. Um, they've hit on their draft picks in years past with – Miles Garrett and then Joku Nick and, Chubb. and Nick Chubb and all these guys are hitting. They hit. They hit in free agency with Juice Landry, and, and now they've got the um, they've got kind of the open market to choose their head coach and which way they want to go with it. Um, I really think that they need to, you know, it, this really needs to be about how they think the head coach is going to be with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And that's why I'm pulling for Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. Well, unfortunately, I got bad news for you about Lincoln Riley. He signed in Oklahoma? He just signed an extension like two days ago. Yeah. And that's – it's just too bad that the Browns couldn't pull him. I I didn't think that that one was ever going to really happen. Um, that was just kind of what I was. But no, for. that would have been cool to to reunite Lincoln Riley and Baker yeah, Mayfield, just to give them the ultimate green light. And oh, for sure. That's a coach that has a little, you know, like, hey, I remember when you were, you know, a, yeah, a sophomore in college, you know, a transfer, a transfer. So, um, yeah, I just think Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns organization was one of the better stories. Oh yeah. Um, Listen, I was I was a big Cleveland detester all year long. Even when they they surpassed the win total that I thought they were gonna hit of three, three to four. Yeah. I said three to four. Yep. I I was hoping I was hoping for eight. Um, what uh, they got six right I or th- seven? I think they got seven. I believe they went seven. They here I got you right now. <laughs> uh, 
I'm pretty sure they they went seven, eight, and one. Yeah. So okay, a tie away from being, you know, five hundred football team at the end of the season, and really a game away from being a winning football team. Yeah. All right. So my second, uh, my second biggest sports story of 2018, uh, although it uh, resulted in a loss for the second straight year, uh, it has to be the Dodgers reaching the World Series. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing like. Uh, your favorite team reaching the championship, championship, <laughs> re- <laughs> almost <laughs> reaching the championship, <laughs> reaching the championship uh, of their sport, reaching the pinnacle of their sport. Uh, unfortunately, uh, like I said, it ended in a loss to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Dodgers just they ran into a juggernaut. They ran into a freight train. Uh, the Red Sox were one of the best teams in baseball or they were the best team in baseball this past season. They were one of the best teams I've ever seen. Uh, in baseball uh, but what was really special for me was getting the chance to go to game three at Dodger Stadium at home it was the historic 18 inning game record breaking longest yeah, that's longest uh, playoff series. game longest World Series game ever yeah uh, I got to be on TV twice because uh, a couple balls came to the section that I was sitting in yeah uh, so that was fucking awesome it was a fortunate year in the home run ball scenario getting on TV yes it was yes it was and uh, we'll get to that in a, a little bit further down on the list yeah uh, but uh, I mean just the, the Dodgers reaching the World Series just the year that they had starting out really slow not really uh, having the same sort of magic that they had the year before, uh, but still being able to come together and reach the World Series. The panic button was almost pushed. Oh, I hit it multiple times last year. And so it was good to come out on top, but obviously you didn't get the results you wanted, but the team's still rocking. Yeah, and now, I mean, looking... Now it's the new look squad. Well, looking forward, yeah. I mean, getting rid of Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, and Alex Wood... Yeah. Uh, and a couple prospects yeah. uh, to to clear some cap space to hopefully sign Bryce Harper, yeah. which still has last I checked not happened. Uh, That's gonna be a nasty young young squad though with uh, with Bellinger and with uh, uh, Seager. Seager. And well, they have to get Harper for this trade to be worth it, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, they do. They for sure do. But they put themselves in it. Yeah, no, they definitely they got a shot. They got yeah. a shot. Just as, and just because. Of how fortunate the Yankees were with getting the guys they got. Yeah, for and sure. They kind of took them out of the race, but um, so all right. So we're moving down the list. Yeah, number um, three. This this is this is probably number three is actually probably pretty close to where this actually does rank in, um, in my like, stories. I this was such a fun fun time. Um, was the Chicago Loyola Ramblers run yeah, in the oh, NCAA tournament? You were. You were first on the bandwagon. Whatever it was, Sister Jean talked to me in a dream and told me <laughs> to pick these guys. What are you doing dreaming about Sister I, Jean? I don't and and what's crazy is I didn't even I got behind them and picked them in a sweet sixteen run. So I thought I was being bold and they Yeah. They they went all the way to the They final even surpassed four. your expectations. They, big time. And so um it was great to watch those guys play. They had a great story. Um, yeah, all those kids played together for the, like their the entire two, lives. The two guards played each other, played with each other in uh, middle school AU through high school AU, and then again in college. Yep. Um, so it was truly just a crazy lifelong run those kids made. Um, and yeah, the the Chicago Ramblers uh, making the run. You got the, the Final Four T-shirt out of it too. I did. Yep, I got a T-shirt <laughs> out of it, almost a tattoo. That would have been nice. That would have been insane. Yeah. Uh, all right, so for me, the number three sports story of 2018 has to be, uh, even though the Rams 
uh, had a great year last year. They weren't able to make it to the Super Bowl, but it's always good seeing New England uh, lose in the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm a big fan of when uh, Boston and New England sports teams lose. So for me, number three has to be the Eagles beating the Patriots. Philly's always easy to be a a fan of because... Well, yeah, the underdog story, yeah. Philly, um, they hadn't won a Super Bowl. Backup in, quarterback. Yeah, they hadn't won a Super Bowl in forever. Nick Foles being the backup coming in for people. Carson Wentz. Uh, just a bunch, of, a bunch of guys that they threw together to try and go for this run. Uh, right. and, and they made it, they made it happen. They, made, they, <laughs> they did the whole damn thing, yeah. And they, and they, beat, and they beat the Patriots, which they capped beat, it they off They beat perfectly. the big bad wolf. Yep. Um, all right, so – now we're moving into number four, which we have as the same, right? Yes, this was huge. This was big time for sports. And kind of this kind of just captures, I think, you know, the, the year of fighting in general for yeah, sports. This was monumental. Uh, uh, but Connor and Khabib's fight was big time. Not just what happened in the ring, uh, but also but after. All, after how, you know, it kind of was all the all the great things and all the issues with UFC coming at full speed, one another and clashing. Yeah, it's it's it going to li- be a real pivotal point to see where the the UFC goes. No, it was a ticking time bomb, and and it it exploded and that it, night. You know, these were the big marketing guys, but it's a sideshow kind of scenario. Yeah, um, and Khabib won. Uh, yeah, Khabib got the win. It the was fan a, favorite really didn't end up coming out victorious in this at all. No, he didn't. Not at all. And so. Um, yeah, the Conor Khabib fight we both think was uh, one of the biggest stories of the year. Has to be. Um, you know, Conor built it up through having, you know, two UFC belts, and he, you know, fought Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match, and then um, the whole incident in Brooklyn, incident which in whole, Brooklyn which really started Khabib. this whole mess. So this was just um, a huge, huge story piling up, but it really was a mixture, you know. Um, in my feelings, where UFC is on this path where they have to figure out whether they're sport or entertainment. For sure. Are they the Olympics? Are they WWE? You yeah. Know? Um, and this is kind of this, this just brought up the question even more so because the most marketable guys and arguably the best fighter in Khabib um, fucking up. Yeah. And uh, Dana White recently, uh, a couple of days ago actually, was coming out and saying that Connor Khabib 2 could happen in 2019. So. If that were to happen, yeah, it'd be, it's great. I mean, everyone's gonna tune in for it. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? And, and whether it's good for the brand or not, they're gonna roll with it. But for the longevity of the sport, they got they got to figure it out. Yeah. All right. So, what do you have as a uh, number five? Um, number five. Uh, this is actually not a great memory. Uh oh. Um, but it's a but it's a memory that I want to keep because. It upset me about my team, and it was the Earl uh, Earl Thomas oh. um, situation with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this is a big. This is when it comes to the biggest stories. It, it's not necessarily always the best stories. No, um, and I totally have. And why this is such a big deal is because I totally have Earl Thomas's back. Well, who? Um, I, I, think, I don't understand anyone who would have the Seahawks side in this s- scenario. The, well, I mean, they're out there, man. Go on social media and check it out <laughs> on what people talk about Earl Thomas. It's insane. Um, but he deserved to be paid. He's arguably the best at his position. Um, short, long story short, we didn't pay him, um, and then he ends up coming out to play um, this his last season on his contract, anyways, uh, and he gets injured. So you know, uh, and not just injured. He cost him. It cost him the entire year. Yep, and and it caught you know, and we didn't we, you know as a Seahawks person, you didn't get anything out of it. You nope. know, 
as a Earl Thomas, you lost um, things out of it. You don't, not only did you, you know, lose the season, you lost future money because you're not going to be as valuable coming yep. off that kind of an injury. Whereas he was, you know, on pace for he had three picks already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be something I always remember is how pissed off I was at how we handled the Earl Thomas situation. We'd already lost Cam to injury. We lost Sherman to the to the Niners. It was just um, it was shitty to see it go down like that. Yeah, but hey, at least they were able to bounce back. Yep, the team was able to rally from no, it. No, and it's okay now. But we, you know, Earl Thomas sitting at home <laughs> is not all right. You know, no, it's uh, it's never good. Yep, but sim- similar to you, uh, my fifth story of uh, fifth top story of 2018 has to do with my favorite football team, but it's actually a good one. Uh, it was the Chiefs versus the Rams in L.A., uh, the game that was supposed to be in Mexico City, but because of a Shakira concert, the field conditions were deemed unfit to play on. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't hold a high school football game on that field. That was <laughs> insane. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So the game got uh, moved back to L.A. into the Coliseum. Uh, this was right after the shooting, right after all the yep. fires um, that were going on here in Southern California. No, and it... it it was a crazy it was a crazy scenario all around yeah there was just so much from, going on all at once mo- from the movement the players striking upon the first field to then coming to LA well and during the, the fires and it, well because of the fires the rams whole team and, and the headquarters all had to move to denver and the severity of uh you know or the implications of the game had i mean these were two teams that were like at the very top of their conference yeah uh, but the, the whole Rams organization had to go to Denver because most of the team and employees got evacuated from their homes, uh, but they were also going to go train in Denver because they were going to get used to the altitude that would have been in Mexico City yep. if the game were to be there. Yep. Um, but it, then it gets moved back to L.A., and it turns out to be the best regular season game probably ever, ever. in the history of I mean, in the NFL. Off the top of my head, you know, I'm sure there was uh, – I'm sure there's games out there where there were monumental things happened – and there were history, historic things happened and all this. But as far as just it, the craziest football game to go down in a regular season game and the video game-like numbers it ha- that it had. Yeah, 50-plus um, points by both teams. And on Monday Night Football when the lights are on the Yeah, most. dude, all eyes are on these it two was, teams. Uh, truly great. I mean, off the top, there's no way I could think of a regular season game that's better than that. I'm honestly not sure how a Super Bowl – this season could top that regular season game. Well, just because you get a you get a Super Bowl ring afterwards. If but, you like. but I'm talking about of like the, the whole. Quality, no, but that's not always what you know. That's rarely what happens. Like I, we have been blessed to have crazy good Super Bowls the last. Yes, year, we have the last decade. But okay, would you say the the Falcons Patriots was, was a, a better game than the Chiefs Rams game? Um, well, the second half was, I mean, the anxiety and the seriousness of what's going on. But is that only, is that only because it's a Super Bowl game versus a regular season game? Well, all of it goes in. Yeah. It's Tom Brady. And he's like, is he going to do this? They're (laughs) going for it. Is he going to do it? Oh my God. They might do it. You know? Um, and you get to win and you get to win the Super Bowl if you do do it. Uh, so, but in the, in the true sense of just a better game, if they're all just like, if you were just in a spaceship and we just sent you game film and you didn't know what happened, what you know, all the records and all that kind of shit, this the Saints and Chiefs game 
or the Rams, or the Rams and, Chiefs. and Chiefs game is like hard to beat for sure. Ever. Yeah. All right. Well, what what do you got next for us? Um. Well, I mean, this is an easy transition, I guess. But uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes was oh. like his uh, his story this year. I followed very very closely. You called it uh, way before the season started, and I I I was on his train from the start. Um, similar to the, uh, the, the, this is what happened with Kawhi Leonard too, actually, um, is that on draft day, a certain coach made a certain trade up um, to get play, get somebody. And like on draft day with Kawhi Leonard, Popovich, who I respect a ton, traded away George Hill. Who was who a key I, piece to them at the who, time. Who And I knew George Hill, uh, I knew Popovich liked him. And the fact that he traded away for a kid, a rookie that never played an NBA game yeah. uh, from San Diego State. Who wasn't highly touted coming w- out of high school, highly touted coming like, out of college. Yeah, and wasn't like a top five draft pick. I mean, he was a lottery pick because of his play in the postseason. Yeah, in the um, tournament and the, the and the, you know their conference tournament and all that, um, but that showed me right at the jump before even seeing Kawhi Leonard play, I was like, "There's something to this guy." Right? Yeah, for sure. That and then I dive in and figure out my. And own now he's opinion. a Finals MVP, Defensive and, Player and of the Year. With Patrick Mahomes, this the similar situation was on draft day when they traded up in the draft. Yeah. To draft Patrick Mahomes, who I don't the name is escaping me, but there was another quarterback. Drafted after Mahomes, it had a bigger name, I think, and uh, and they had Alex Smith on their team. So like you know, like I knew Popovich, like George Hill, I knew Andy Reid, liked Alex Smith, um, and they still not not they still moved up in the draft. Yeah, there was just guys. something about it that Andy Reid um, saw. In and Patrick so I Mahomes. respect Andy Reid a lot, and I and so after that I dove in and I knew Alex Smith's contract, I knew what they were doing, and I was just such a fan. Similar to Jared Goff, I just I love the way they brought this guy along. He got to sit an entire year, um, and then he was just physically gifted like no one I've ever seen. Um, and I just knew putting him in that in that scenario, like I said, he was my preseason MVP. Yeah, um, and he hadn't played. You know, he played one game. And so. realistically, he's about to win. He's about to win MVP. Probably, yeah. Um, I mean, he has his. He, I think it's a it's a coin toss, you know, between him and Drew Brees, probably. Uh, but he's got the better numbers, and um, he did things that not a lot of people have done. Uh, he makes throws that he's a game changing type of quarterback. All this no look throwing, you know. No, oh, that was insane. all this kind of stuff is just like very very progressive, and he's ahead of the curve, and his arm strength's amazing, and. He's just been a great story this year for me because I followed him closely. Yeah, 100%. I had high expectations for him, and he just blew him out the roof. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, for me, uh, my sixth, uh, sixth story uh, of 2018, got to be the Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup playoff run, uh, even though they did end up losing. Uh, just to see them in their first year as a franchise, an expansion team coming into the NHL, a new team, uh, and then – Really, it all started, uh, unfortunately, similar to the Rams-Chiefs game with the tragedy because of the shooting uh, that happened in Vegas. Uh, they all rallied around it. Uh, the entire city had a whole big thing, like opening night for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and then honoring the victims and all of that. And that was kind of like the whole thing for them the entire season was they were going to try and win one for Vegas. Uh, and they got pretty damn close. Uh, and it was a, it was a pretty, yeah. it was a, it was a pretty remarkable run uh, that they had. 
Uh, so it was just it was really really cool to yeah. see an expansion team make it all the way. That would have been crazy. It would have been the worst day in yeah. in Vegas history betting wise. They were the first expansion team in history uh, of any sport to make the playoffs and let alone make the championship of that sport. Yeah, they no, they crushed it. It was it was amazing, uh, amazing little run to see in a sport that like I don't know too much about, but it doesn't matter how much you know about the sport. You know what an expansion team looks normally looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what their ex, uh, their expectations normally are. So, to get all the way to the to the end like that is crazy. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to figure out who uh, who that quarterback was that with that they traded up to get, but I uh, oh Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> so so Kansas City traded up to get uh, Patrick Mahomes. And didn't take uh, left Deshaun Watson, got it um, on the board. So that was the kind of shit that stood out to me. Um, but yeah, moving on uh, after the Vegas Knights, um, this is another Seahawk uh, kind of story. But basically, um, I think that the headline and the story of what uh, 2018 was that Russell Wilson, um, seven straight winning seasons. Uh, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. Seven straight winning seasons, um, never had a losing season together, and this was what was going to be called the rebuild team. Um, we lost everybody uh, uh, under the sun on defense. Uh, we lost a couple of big names on offense. We lost depth on offense, but um, I think everybody in the Seattle organization um, and the Seattle fans all knew that they still had a team together. And I love that you know we we want came out got ten wins. Um, and we are going to the playoffs again, and we didn't stop our our you know we didn't stop our momentum and you know call this a rebuild project. No, yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of people weren't expecting the Seahawks to do any sort of damage this yeah. year uh, in the regular season. Yeah. They weren't expected to make any sort of run at the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and with with everything that you just said, for them to be able to to sneak out a wild card spot end yeah. the season ten and six, uh, seven straight. Uh, over 500 seasons. Yeah, that's that's pretty remarkable to do in this day and age in the yeah, NFL. It's extremely hard to have that kind of consistency. Um, and it's a dynasty time number. You know, if if he can make some more Super Bowl runs and keep doing this, um, those are dynasty type numbers for sure. But I mean, to be a dynasty though, first you got to get the rings. Yeah, he got he got the one. That's what I mean. Well, if you he, got one. If he can get to another one, you know, if he keeps doing this and he keeps winning rings. I mean, if he gets to one this year and gets a ring, that will be three. That will be three Super Bowls in seven years. Two, yeah, two wins. Pretty good. No, not bad. Not bad. All right, for me, uh, my number seven. Hold on a second. I'm getting my list back up. I had to check something. All right, my number seven. Uh, we're jumping to the NBA now. Mm -hmm. It's the Jimmy Butler Minnesota Timberwolves drama. That was just a saga that no one really saw coming, and it kind of kind of outed uh, a couple players that we th Not, a, a lot of people thought that yeah uh, stars yeah a lot of people considered it's Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins he's stars. He's your favorite player at practice. Well, type of scenario taking the third stringers and beating the starters, yeah. um, and only and, only taking one shot according to and him. And this is something that's like you know I think got blew out of proportion. But it's like if you're an insider and you know like what the dynamic of teams are and what a practice is like and stuff, this is just a great story. 
Oh yeah. To finally get, I think this happens more. This has happened more than we know about. For sure. But it was awesome to get the inside scoop and to hear a pro. It just to get you know for people to get the little behind the curtain action. Well, for him to end practice and then go sit down with Rachel Nichols and be like, "Yo, this is what happened." Yeah, exactly. It was that. That was a great story. I don't. It was, it was wild. Jimmy it, Butler went up a million points in everybody's book. Yeah. I think Cat and, and Wiggins went down a little bit in everybody's book. Um, yeah, and, was, and the team and the team really hasn't been the same since Jimmy Butler left and went to Philly. No, they fucked it up. That's <laughs> a bad one. That's going to be a tough one to overcome. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's tough when when a player. Yeah, I mean, he just demoralized you. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, that's the right word though. It's demoralizing. Well, and then also it's just it's like you said. It's like There's I don't a guy think... out there that can get us no matter what. You know? Yeah, and I and I don't think that we would have got this type of scenario or this type of drama if we weren't in the social media instant media type of age well, that and we're it's in. like the timberwolves you know like when kobe does with the lakers it's just like all right well kobe's an alpha dog you're playing for the lakers like that shit you know that makes sense but this is the timberwolves who've been a shitty friend you know it hasn't right. been the best of years um They've had haven't really had, had a huge playoff. They had a dozen year playoff drought after KG. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, haven't really had any allure since you know, KG left. You know, and so just to hear this kind of stuff is uh, is not good. No, know? this is this is why people make jokes about the Timberwolves for sure. Uh, but my next one is uh, is just kind of like more of the um, you know the modern uh, hype beast, uh, big time Instagram. Twitter story guy, and that's Zion Williams's dominance of high school and college basketball. Yeah, I mean, he simply took over, and it didn't just start in 2018. It started when he was in high school, when he was yeah. like 16 years old. But 2018 just happened to be the end of his senior year and the beginning right. of his freshman year. Exactly, and it, it all coincided. It all came to a head at once. Yeah. Um, and then just his explosion at Duke and the start to everybody, the season that they had. Everybody's getting the numbers of how much he weighs now. People are like seeing him dominate college players. Um, yeah, he because had the highlight dunks in a lot high of school. A lot of people thought he was just a uh, dunker and couldn't really yeah, play. He's, yeah, he's shown that he's got game, and uh, he's just been a lot of fun to watch. Even though he's going to Duke, I um, he's so admirable. I mean, he really is like a Charles Barkley for sure, and a LeBron James, and all these guys kind of mixed into one. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely going to be a force to reckon with in the NBA, and he's. I hope he goes to the Knicks. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I hope he goes to the Knicks. All right, for me, uh, kind of has to do with some more drama. Uh, my number eight story, but uh, it's the Le'Veon Bell holdout drama, uh, and that's really the start of a whole ripple effect that we didn't really know was going to co- explode this late into the season and kind of, kind of cost the Steelers the season. Yeah. But the whole situation with Le'Veon Bell and his holdout, uh, and then it turning into players that were in the locker room starting to talk about Le'Veon's money talking about how he should be coming back he should be here um, mm-hmm. basically counting his pockets which is a no-no in in the sports world and in the, in the locker room yeah. uh, culture uh, when it comes to a professional sports uh, and then it turning into James Conner having this incredible start mm-hmm. and the Steelers being like well we don't really need you Le'Veon uh, we got James Conner over here who's performing just as well if not better than what you were producing last year and he's pay- we're paying him a hell of a lot less than what we would have to pay you. Yep. Uh, and now that leading into 
the end of the season with Antonio Brown and this Ben Roethlisberger yeah, uh, fight, yeah, yeah. Uh, and ultimately the Pittsburgh Steelers missing the playoffs. Well, this have this happens because the name Steelers is bigger than the the athletes. Exactly. This is not the Steelers are one of those franchises, some, yeah, like is, the Spurs, like the Patriots, like the Lakers. They can let the they can let le, they could let Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, two guys that are like probably the top, best at their positions, top, probably top eight fantasy picks, like stud numbers, um, big time players, big time names. They could let them go and be fine. They oh, they Ju- wouldn't bat they have, an eye. They have James Conner. They have Juju Smith uh, Schuster. It's um, that's how the Steelers work. Uh, that's how their franchise is always run. Um, they're always going to be be in the mix. And they're definitely going to always be bigger than individuals. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you start losing, that's when that's why Antonio Brown happened. Now, yeah, if they were winning, Antonio Brown, that probably never would have happened. No, I don't. No, uh, winning cures all. L- losing is what why that went bad and then money is why Le'Veon went bad yeah and Le'Veon just wanted to hold strong I mean when Earl Thomas no he did exactly what Earl Thomas didn't do yeah he said don't worry I'll continue to hold out and be the bad guy for all of us yeah so all right now our nine and tens are uh the same Mm -hmm. uh so like I said uh uh, well, like Tyler said, uh, it was a pretty good year to be on TV for us yep. uh, at sporting events. Uh, our number nine uh, moment of 2018 is the TSK show takeovers of both Staples Center for Lakers versus Spurs and Angel Stadium for Angels versus Mariners. Uh, Tyler and I got to go to the Lakers Suns game because I won tickets on uh, ESPN radio yeah. here in L.A. That's just so funny. Um, and we got to see the Lakers and the Spurs uh, in an overtime win. Which was dope. Uh, yeah, so that was that was awesome to see. Unfortunately, Kawhi didn't get to play. It was supposed to be Manu's last game yeah, uh, in, in LA, LA, and he didn't get to play. Yep. Uh, but Angel Stadium, the Angels-Mariners, didn't work out too well for the Mariners. They lost that game. Uh, but a home run came to us uh, pretty early on in the game, and me yeah. – uh, Tyler and our good fun, uh, our good buddy Corey Golob uh, got to be on TV. Yep. Uh, I think Blake was in it too. Yeah, that was a good one. They, yeah, they took the the Mariners took the took the shot right at us in the first inning. Yeah, great. so uh, the TSK show takeovers were a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, if uh, Seahawks Rams get to play yeah. in the playoffs, yeah. we're, we're we're gonna try and figure out a way to get to that game. Yeah, that'd be amazing to get to an NFL playoff game. Uh, I've seen I've seen the Hawks play a couple of playoff games, so it'd be great to see one in LA. Yeah, and then our uh, our number ten moment of 2018, which is probably a lot of people's uh, number one. Yeah, this is probably like if you were to read like Time magazines, like number. This ones, is definitely up there <laughs> you know, because like, it's it's historic, it's monumental, uh, and it's the legalization of sports gambling uh, and just what that means for sports yeah. and gamblers alike. Uh, we're starting to see the the M- uh, the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, the NHL, all the major sports leagues starting to partner with these sports books, uh, gambling sites, and, and all of yeah. that starting to come up with partnerships. It's a, it's a slippery slope, but it's fun. I mean, it's a fun idea if you can uh, be safe and smart about it. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. You know, I love seeing like the little. It, I love doing the little prop bets. I love doing the little you know side bets. Um, and it's it's just going to be a fun way to kind of interact people with the game more. Yeah, I mean you're going to in the Especially future in the stadiums. Yeah, the in the stadiums future you're going to be able to be cool. in the stadium gambling on the games you're watching, you're not watching. Plus, just from like a person, just a regular person standpoint, if you want to be, 
I mean, I guess for lack of a better term, dumb enough to gamble your money away, you yeah. should be able to. You know. Yeah, exactly. Mean? It's no one should be counting your pockets, just yeah. like the Steelers shouldn't have counted Le'Veon's yeah. pockets. Yep, yeah, just, just don't uh, <laughs> just do it. Just do it in a safe manner. Yeah, please, please gamble responsibly. Responsibly, <laughs> we don't want uh, anybody getting their knuckles broken or anything like that. Kneecaps broken off or yeah. swimming with the fishes. Whatever, whatever they do. <laughs> But all right, yeah. So uh, that is our the top rundown. ten sports stories of 2018. You want to give through so, give your good, one through ten real quick. Some good stuff. Uh, LeBron going to L.A. Connor and Khabib. Uh, TSK show at the Angels and Lakers games. Sports gambling. Baker and Cleveland Browns. Uh, Chicago Oil Ramblers. Um, Seahawks mishandling Earl Thomas. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll. Seven straight winning seasons in a rebuild year. And Zion from preps to Duke. Yeah. So, and then mine is the Lakers signing LeBron. The Dodgers going to the World Series for the second straight year. Uh, the Eagles beating the Patriots. Connor, Connor and Khabib. Uh, the Chiefs versus Rams game. The Vegas Golden Knights run. The Jimmy Butler Minnesota Timberwolves drama. The Le'Veon holdout. The TSK show takeovers. And the legalization of sports gambling. So 2018 was uh, a pretty good year for us uh, here at the TSK show. Mm-hmm. Great year in sports. Uh, we got the we got the college football playoff championship coming up uh, in a couple of days on Monday. So we'll get a champion in college football, uh, and we got the Super Bowl coming up. Well, and, la- and the the one that was played this year against Georgia was a walk off. Oh yeah, and that one was nuts. The 2018 national title was a walk off home run. Yeah, or walk off home run, a walk off touchdown. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. All right, now we got uh, the two minute drill. Haven't haven't done this in a in a little bit. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off with the first question. You want to get the clock ready? TP? All right, yeah, let's do it. All right, so the top six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL did not lead their teams to the playoffs this season, and I'm gonna give you the the breakdown uh, of the top six. How many times do I bring up that? In the last 10 Super Bowl winners, only two of them were top 10 paid guys. <laughs> I brought that side up so many and I and I've been seeing this one float around social media a ton. So, Aaron Rodgers at 33 and a half million, Matt Ryan at 30 million, Kirk Cousins at 28 million, Jimmy Garoppolo at 27 and a half, Matt Stafford at 27 and Derek Carr at 25 million. Now, aside from Jimmy G because he got hurt. Yep. Uh, who is at most? Who is most at fault for not getting their team to the playoffs, or was it something else in the in their organizations that didn't get them to the playoffs? Oh man, that's tough. It's tough to put. Um, they are the quarterbacks, though. So I mean, listen, it's a quarterbacks league. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like Rodgers, I think um, he's got the biggest responsibility. Uh, him and Stafford, I think, have the biggest responsibility to their team's success. Yeah. Um, but Rodgers, uh, they were kind of mishandled, I think, in the in the coaching. There was um, in the upper management. They yeah, there was coaching fired during the season. Yeah, there was a lot of disagreements between uh, Rodgers and the coaching staff. And then you know Stafford, I just don't think there was a ton of expectation this year. Right. Uh, he's kind of at the tail end of that contract. Right. Um, well, see, for me, it's like Aaron Rodgers, there was organizational issues. Matt Ryan, there were organizational issues because yeah. Sarkeesian got fired. Yeah. The, yeah. It just wasn't – they just haven't – that organization that's why, hasn't that's been the same. That's why this number is kind of like – I get the, you know, the top ten guys. Like I've, I said a bunch of times, you know, um, top ten guys haven't necessarily won a ton of Super Bowls. Um, and the formula, I think most people know now, 
uh, it's not. It's pretty common knowledge is that you have to have that underpaid, overproduced quarterback. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like quarterbacks in the most important position in sports. You have to pay the guys that you have. Well, and that that's why you can't I think bank off of getting Nick Foles or some rookie quarterback to win you a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen that often. Well, that's why I think Kirk Cousins is the most at fault for for not getting his team to the playoffs because. At the end of the day, his team, he had the same exact team yeah, coming back yeah. with him. Kirk, Kirk Cousins would 100% be my my answer in the, in in that uh, scenario. Because Aaron Rodgers' organizational issues, Matt Ryan organizational Matt issues. Matt Ryan's second, though. I think Matt Ryan had the least amount to, to argue about. Um, I think it would go Cousins, Matt Ryan, uh, probably Stafford. Then and then, Rogers, and then, Carr, Garoppolo. Like Carr, like well, Carr, he's got organizational issues too. Well, Carr, I just don't think there was the expectations like the other the, guys. Well, he had by far, I think, has the lowest expectations. I think there were the expectations for Derek Carr before the Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper trades went yeah, down. Yeah, now they've realized that they were they were blowing that from the start. So. Yeah. All right. What's your What's your question? All right. Let me set this up. Okay. Um, it's about to be uh, Alabama Clemson part four. Uh, this will be their third championship in the last four years. Yep. Um, last year they played in the semifinals uh, to get to the national championship. Yep. Um, it's called, you know, Alabama's been in four of the five national championship games played. Is college football at all interesting to you? Um, is, the, is there anything taken away from the game because of Alabama? And, you know, of late, Clemson's dominance. College football, to me, isn't really all that interesting. I I mean, I'm not a huge SEC guy. I'm not a huge ACC guy when it comes to college football because I'm a UCLA fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year was obviously tough uh, for UCLA uh, with the first year in Chip Kelly. So I didn't really pay attention to college football too much this year, uh, basically because I did know it was going to come down to Alabama versus probably Clemson or yep. – Georgia or somebody else from the South mm-hmm. um, where it I'm probably not even going to watch the game. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even, you know, they are from a different part of the country. So we don't see it as much and we're not as invested into those leagues, but it's just like, to me, why it's not interesting to me, what it's not necessarily just about uh, Alabama is kind of an outlier, but it's not like I have a beef with Clemson. It's not like they've been dominant forever. Um, it's just that there's like there's only like a handful of teams that are in it every year. Yeah, and depending on a couple of fumbled games throughout the season, right, you'll get your rankings at the end. And, and because these, it only comes down to four, blow, these teams just blow out everybody. Um, the disparity in talent is ridiculous. You know, Bama's third string that Bama dominates because of their depth. Um, you know, first stringers can play with first stringers anywhere. But if you're bringing first string, second string, third string guys that are as good as your first stringers, yeah, um, you're just gonna get you're just gonna get worn down and beat up, um, and they're just gonna continue to have a dominance on the sport. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I'm just I'm not a big college football fan. It's not not that interesting um, because it's just there's not there's just no disparity or there yeah there's a huge disparity in talent. Yeah. And and real quick before we move on to the next question, mm-hmm. uh, I, di- I didn't know you were going to bring this up, obviously, because we don't talk about the two-minute drill questions beforehand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts because uh, John Ireland, the play-by-play announcer for the Lakers on the radio, yeah. he came up with this idea. Saying, he, he basically said these bowl games on New Year's Day need more significance 
now that the college football playoff is intact because they rotate every year. Yeah. So it's like some of the New Year's Day bowl games don't mean anything. Yeah, they don't. So here was his idea, and let me. I was, I was talking. Uh, I forget about like players sitting. It was just like, yeah. If I was a first round draft pick, second round draft pick, I would not play in my bowl game. Yeah. No. What? What? Why? You know what I mean? What's the Nick point? Nick Bosa like, got hurt and didn't even and decide like, to come back. And it's like, yeah, you can, you know, you can do it for your teammates, and that's an honorable thing, and you could do it for your school and all that. But I just think it's not smart. Yeah. You no. have no insurance. Um, the school is not going to protect you at all if you get hurt in that game. You only can lose stock. Yeah. So, so John Ireland basically came up with this: you expand the teams to the playoff to eight teams, mm-hmm. and the first round of the playoffs are one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. One versus eight is the Cotton Bowl. Two versus seven is the Fiesta Bowl. Three versus six is the Holiday Bowl. Four versus five is the Peach Bowl. The semifinals of the playoff are the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then the championship is the Rose Bowl. And then you rotate each sites each year. Like who gets the national championship each year? Well, yeah. Like, so for instance, inst- like, like the next one year, year, like one year, the Sugar Bowl would be the national championship. Yeah. And, but, and then the Rose Bowl would be the semifinals. Yeah. It's tough. These things are just so embedded in tradition and shit. You know, like you've had, you know, the Pac 12 and the Big 10 playing in the Rose Bowl. But for, now you don't have that anymore because yeah. sometimes it's part of the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird, there's no perfect way to do it. That's the that's the truth of it. Yeah. Um you just got to go with conference play. Conference play is the best part about college football. If that's what you want, if you like college football, um you should just give up on being satisfied about the postseason <laughs> scenario it's not gonna it's not gonna be good it's not gonna be satisfying yeah, no um it's the regular season that's satisfying the 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 uh the rivalry games and whatnot. yeah all right so my next question the cardinals the Bengals, the dolphins the broncos the jets the buccaneers the packers and the browns all have head coaching vacancies if you Tyler Lau Pacholke, <laughs> were a head coaching prospect yeah. looking for a job. Which job looks most attractive to you? I mean, it's I mean it's definitely between Cleveland and Green Bay. Has to be. Has but, to be. I mean, Green Bay is. Uh, it's like if I I would have to meet with Aaron Rodgers. This is how I would do it. I would meet with Aaron Rodgers. If that goes well, Green Bay is number one. If that doesn't go well, I'm going to Cleveland. Okay, that's how I would do it. Would you it, meet, would you meet with he, Baker Mayfield? No, I wouldn't need to because I, the Browns have more, they have more going for them than just Baker Mayfield. That's why, like in the previous segment, it was it really is Baker Mayfield and Cleveland Browns because if he was the quarterback of some of these past Cleveland teams that didn't have the talent that he has, who knows if he would have been able to show what he can do? Yeah, I mean he's got good play. He's got guys that have done, you know Jarvis Landry. It has done things in this league and uh miles garrett has done things in these leagues um you know and now denzel ward and baker mayfield and nick chubb have stepped up and done things in this league so the team is better than baker mayfield um but they're a young good team so that's why they're attractive coaching wise okay and i'm ready to roll with that squad for <laughs> sure but yeah I'll, I'll go green bay would be my number one um but like if me and aaron weren't on the same page yes. where the team was going then it would be pointless. I, I don't want to coach. Any, there's nothing about Green Bay I want to coach other than Aaron Rodgers. Okay. All right. So, That's fair. So, basically, yeah. you would just see if you and Aaron were on the same page. Yeah. If you were, great. If not, I'm I, going to Cleveland. I really like where Arizona's at right now as a team, too, because Arizona's going to bring back a, a Larry Fitzgerald veteran that's still productive. 
and great in the locker room. Josh Rosen showed a lot of flashes this year. They got a young quarterback, uh, Josh Rosen, um, and then they got David Johnson, who's a a productive uh, runner. And now they have the first pick in the draft, so they got they got some stuff going for them. I like that. That's another wild card in there. All right. Um, Next up, I got uh, um, where are we at here? I think we're on your second question. Okay, perfect. And this is uh, this one's kind of like le- a little less um, interesting, but it's still just like every week it gets better and better, especially because you just brought up the coaches. But Le'Veon Bell is out there, and actually, I had a note about the coaches. Is I think it's going to be like a package deal, like try and figure something out. Oh, see which, but, but where, where he would want to yeah, go. Yeah, like if you're Le'Veon Bell right now and you're watching everything kind of the dust settle you have bought yourself freedom to go wherever you want where's Le'Veon gonna go this week's episode of where does Le'Veon go? <laughs> I think we've done this probably a hundred times yeah um but it always changes listen I th- I love Indianapolis for him and it they have probably the comeback player of the year in Andrew Luck yep they have a number one receiver who is Arguably top five in T.Y. Hilton. They play inside. They play inside. They have Eric Ebron as a tight end who came it's, out of nowhere. A, um, they're they're a pretty they're a mainstay in the AFC, just like. The and Steelers the one are. thing that they were missing, yet they were able to overcome w- and still back. win games, yeah. was the run game. Yep, and it's it's interesting. You'll see. There's so many different options and where he can go. And I think this playoffs is going to have a big stretch. You know, Philadelphia could make a case for him. Um, Indianapolis is a great pick because of the offensive line there, too. Yeah, I mean, um, they have one of the best offensive lines in all of football. Yeah, Indianapolis is a great is a great pick. Um, and, their, and their head coach, who was in his first year this year, is really starting to change the culture, and he's really getting all those guys to buy in. And it's like, if you put Le'Veon in a situation like that. But what about, what about the, I feel like, what, what I think is the elephant in the room is just the natural, easy thing is Le'Veon just fulfills Kareem Hunt's role as with the Chiefs. Hey, you know that's I mean? not a bad and, idea and like either. We've seen what happens. We've already seen how this can go. Um, we can, you know, especially if they win the Super Bowl, then it's attractive. If they lose the Super Bowl, you could think you're the missing piece. You know? What oh, I mean? for it sure, could he be. could be the missing piece. Yeah. So wherever he goes, it's going to be interesting. Um, all right. All right, so speaking of Le'Veon, his former teammate now, uh, since he is no longer on the Steelers, Antonio Brown reportedly got into a heated altercation with his teammate uh, and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger before week 17, and ultimately it was the reason that Brown was benched by the Steelers in a must-win game uh, for them to get to the playoffs and did not play in the final week of the regular season. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit already on the show. Uh, the Steelers have been through so much drama this year with Le'Veon Bell uh, and that situation, and now they have to deal with their other star, Antonio Brown, uh, going to the owner, Art Rooney, and basically requesting a trade after this whole uh, whole mess started uh, during practice before Week 17. What do you think the Steelers should do with Antonio Brown? Like, What's, what's the him. next step? They should trade him. Just get rid of him? Yeah, I mean they should just they should just let these guys go uh, because of what we said a little bit earlier was their their franchise is bigger than the star. Um, they have guys to replace the guys that they're losing, and I mean I am definitely in down with it because I just watched what the Seahawks did and and they let all their big names go and, and they were and still produced. 
because I know that, you know, I believe in the culture of the team and, and the product that the, the GM and the coaching are putting out there every week. Um, that's why I just think that the Steelers should try and get something out of Antonio Brown while they can because Ben is is the more important piece there, even though he's aging. But Ben's closer to retirement than Antonio Brown is. So. But you can replace Antonio Brown. Like, uh, you can you can replace Antonio Brown. You can't replace Ben Roethlisberger like that. It would be a lot harder to try and find his replacement instantly. And I, I like the guy. I mean, I love Juju Smith-Schuster, and I like James Washington. James Washington was a great pick, a guy out of Oklahoma State that's as decorated as anybody in college yeah. football. He's not getting a lot of burn because of the guys that he's behind. But well, it's, tough to, it's cla- tough to get burn when you got Juju and Antonio Brown ahead of this you. This is a classic Steelers scenario, though. It's always the next guy up. I mean, Mike Wallace was way down on their list. Antonio Brown was way down on their list. You know, uh, Mike Wallace. Uh, I said Mike Wallace. Yeah, you said Mike Wallace. Um, who's, who's the Heinz other Ward. Well, and, that, and that's even taking it uh, further back, but – um martavis bryant yeah you know all these guys they've had so many receivers come through there that let them go all right then uh my last question is kind of just um asking you what you think the most impressive uh passing stat is just kind of showing you where the game's going um hearing these kind of numbers it's it just uh you can see what's going to happen with the league and how the passing games affected it but uh this year uh we had adam thielen's record-breaking um streak of 100 yard plus games um never never done before by any receiver adam thielen came out guy, of nowhere a guy that a lot of people have respect for he's not he's a great player but he's not necessarily the guy you thought would break this record yeah um you got saquon barkley as a rookie had 91 catches yeah that's crazy um which back in the day you know when i was growing up if you had 100 balls you were a top 10 um guy um, in the NFL now, you know it seems to be a little more. You know, people are creeping up towards 100 more often. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a, uh, like I think 115 catches, zero drops yep. for the entire That's year. That's the one. Zero That's drops. That's the one. Um, and then uh, Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, uh, one of two pairs in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating when throwing to to him. That's crazy. Right. So a uh, hot. Yeah, see, you like that one. That's yeah, I do like that one. 150, 158.3. Wilson has a perfect pass rating throw to Tyler Lockett. See, when you started with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna like this one. And then when you said he's got a perfect passer rating between the, the two only, guys, the like, only Jesus. other guys to do that was um, in 2008 that, or 2009, the year the Saints won the Super Bowl with Robert Meacham. Oh, Drew Brees and Robert Meacham? Where the uh, Drew Brees, Robert Meacham, and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson are the only quarterback wide receiver pair to have a perfect passer rating. Now, yeah, that's that's very impressive, but I think it has to be De- zero drops. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, zero drops, 115 catches. Yep. It's amazing stat. That's that's unreal. Yeah, that's unreal. It shows it shows true like elite, you know, individual talent. Yeah, and when you have such elite wide receiving talent in the NFL right now for him to put up that against like players like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, yeah. uh, T.Y. Hilton, who else? No, I mean, they got, yeah, they got everybody. Odell. Everybody. Uh, Odell. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable, but all right. So with that, we're going to jump to the NBA and we'll, we'll talk some hoops now. Yep. Uh, the first topic in the starting five uh, that we wanted to talk about is, this James Harden stuff. 
And yeah. James Harden has been on a run the past 10 games. He's averaging, what, we said 40.8 points a game? Yep, for just just under 41 points. So, I mean, it's it's been impressive. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he's scoring at an unbelievable pace, and they're one, and they're nine and one. Yeah, they're nine and so one in their last ten games, games. They're winning the games as well as he's going off. Yeah, but to me personally, the way he's going about this is absolutely atrocious. I've seen people compare his scoring to the way Kobe was scoring uh, when he went on his run of forty plus point uh, points in nine straight games, uh, and a few other of. Uh, scoring streaks that Kobe had throughout his career. And I just want to remind everybody that when Kobe scored 81 points, he went 18 of 20 from the free throw line. He only had 20 free throws in that 81-point game. James Harden is needing 20-plus free throws just to get 40-plus points. Well, he's not taking quite that many free throws. He's taking, like, mid-teens. The other night he had like twenty seven. That was the outlier. That was though. the big one. The next highest is the next highest is nineteen. That's still a lot. That is, but that but that that twenty seven one was an outlier. Yeah, but listen, Kobe Bryant scored the basketball at will during those streaks, and I've never seen a better score than. Well, see, this is what this is where I think our generation has, gets our tongue tied when we get frustrated talking about James Harden and his scoring because we saw. Um, we saw guys like Tracy McGrady dominate yeah. the league in scoring. We saw guys like Kobe Bryant. We saw guys like uh, Allen Iverson. We saw guys like Allen Iverson dominate. The perimeter scoring game was dominated by these guys. Um, Vince Carter, uh, w- maybe even mentioned in that name. But the guys like but, – but Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, and Tracy McGrady, these were guys that's like 35, no sweat. Like, yeah. that's how it is. I'm coming in here, and I'm busting you for 35. Easy. It's because the numbers for James Harden look the same as those guys, but the film and how we when we watch him, it's so it doesn't ugly. look as good. It's so ugly. We, the guys we were watching were hitting fadeaway mid-range jumpers with guys in their face at will, but you know, on command. And then it's like the free throw thing is like Iverson and Kobe dominated the free throw line. They they love the free throw line. But they were going at it, attacking the rim. Yes, and and these guys were getting hit, and and it was and James it's a Harden, more attractive game to and like. James Harden is flopping and doing He's, all this stuff to manipulate it. Yeah, so it's, it's I don't want to take away from James Harden's no, success because I'm not he's I, successful. But that's why it's it's hard for us to like swallow it because we we don't want to give him the credit because it doesn't look as good. It's not as cool. It's not as sexy. It's not as easy to like. Yeah. And don't um, get me it's wrong. It's just efficient. And he's doing this and he's getting triple doubles in these games. And it's remarkable what he's doing. It's just so ugly to watch that. It's like people yeah. are comparing it to, to what we saw with, with the players of, like we said, Kobe and T-Mac and AI. And it's just not the same brand of basketball. No, these, guys, these guys were um, just a different breed of type of similar type of player there. And James Harden, we get a little offended because we see James Harden's name with those guys because his numbers are with those guys. But it's just the way he's getting them. It's not as it's easy. It's not it's, as easy to swallow. It's nowhere any way, shape or form to what those guys did. There, it seems like he's stat chasing. Um, but I don't think that's what it is. Well, I think and he, he's just that he figured the game out and he doesn't give a shit if you like his style of play. Well, and it's it's really funny because he said, uh, uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, he said he was asked like about like people saying that he gets fouled too much. And it's like, well, stop fouling me. Yep. 
And it's like, yeah, I get it, but it's like, come on, dude. Yeah, no, but I mean, and it's hey, on. It's on the refs. It's on the league. Yeah, listen. The way the rules are set up right now, favor him. Kobe and would he's study. Kobe would study the NBA rules book and the referee handbook to know where the referees would be placed on the court yeah, to, to try and get, get away, away with the stuff. move. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's smart. That's why. That's why I give him the respect. Is because I do admire the uh the strategy behind it all it's just not as fun to watch yeah no definitely not as fun to watch so. but I, I i wanted to get that off my chest because no, that, it's, no, that's a good one it's been a great stretch i mean 40 points in 10 games no it's been nine and one it's been it's, remarkable to watch and it he just wants the mvps it's not like he's not one of these guys that doesn't you know he's not being he wants the mvp yeah uh, he wants the stats. And I think I think it's interesting to see the dynamics between the generations of basketball fans and how how all these different generations feel about well, what's happening. Well, he's like the guy the original guy to get the super contracts. Yeah, he is. And so like he's been he's been uh, <laughs> rewarded for his play so heavily. Why would you change? So, all right, the next one, the next topic we wanted to talk about, kind of a funny one, kind of a serious one. But Nick Young, uh, after only 20 days, was released from the Denver Nuggets, and he now rejoins J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony on the outside looking into the NBA. Uh, who do you think sees playing time in the NBA, NBA again first out of these three players, Nick Young, J.R., Carmelo? Well, what's JR's scenario? Is he He's on he's so both JR and Carmelo are both members of the Cavaliers and the Rockets respectively. They're just basically yeah, like, so hey, I you mean, don't have to be here. In the sense of the question, like Nick Young has the is the easiest most likely because he's a he's free a free agent. agent. Um now like as far as like you know, what team's going to be like I want one of these guys first? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be JR just because I think he still shows the most production out of these three. Yeah. I think you get the most out of them. I just wish Melo would go to a team that wasn't super sexy where he could be the the scorer, you know? Like, throw him, throw him in there with Dame and CJ in Portland or throw him in there with Ant Davis and Julius Randle in, in New Orleans. Like, give him this – go go to Utah uh, with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, go to these teams that have no – like, not a not a ton of, like – perimeter scoring or not huge alpha dogs like but those are just not the teams he wants to play for he no, wants he to wants play for the glitz and glam team he wants to play for the lakers he wants i just think that's stupid i just i just he, don't. it's not gonna fit it doesn't make any lakers. sense so at the end of the day what i really hope he does is he just goes to denver and he ends it goes back to denver oh, and he ends be, it hey listen they're first in the western conference and they're and they could use them it's not like i mean they don't they don't they play his style of ball. Like he can sit out in the perimeter and just chuck up threes if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, he doesn't need to play uh, but defense. But they need, you know, they could use a veteran. He could come in and check Jokic and and teach him th some things. And, do you think Carmelo would do uh, that though? I don't know. I, I mean, that's what, that's where his market. If I'm his agent, that's what I'm pitching. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's where his value's got to lie if he wants to play. But I just, God, I hate, I hate Melo's scenario. It's just, uh, it's. Flashbacks to Allen Iverson, so so bad. Yeah, it sucks. But just fizzling out at when he could just still play, you know. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page though. I think Jr. still has the most production left out of the three of them. But Nick, I think Jr. Nick, can still get you minute productive minutes. Like oh, for still, sure. 
I don't think Nick Young can't. You cannot play Nick Young more than ten minutes a game. Well, and listen, Nick and, Young is a veteran in this league now, and, and he's not the type of veteran you want around. Jr. I think you could play half the game still and get quality minutes. Yeah, but Nick Young's in a better position just, though, just because he's a free, free agent. agent. Yeah, movement wise. Okay. All right, next one. The next topic we want to talk about, kind of, kind of an interesting one. Uh, don't really. See, uh, I guess you kind of see this a lot with this certain media personality. But uh, John Wall and Stephen A. Smith kind of are going back and forth at each other, yeah. both subtly uh, and also by name. Uh, but John Wall, he's out for the season now after under undergoing surgery on his heel. And apparently Stephen A. Smith found the timing of this whole injury weird yeah. uh, with the poor start to the season. The wi Wizards have had uh, the massive contract extension that Wall received. Uh, and then also him getting that money – and him showing up to training camp this offseason in Out not shape. any sort of shape whatsoever. Yep. Uh, and it all leading to a season-ending injury and basically John Wall just throwing in the towel on the season. Mm -hmm. um, and John Wall had some words for, for some doubters, and he kind of implied that he was talking about Stephen A because Stephen A went off yeah, uh, like he normally it. does. Yeah, yeah, which that's why these situations are always tough for me because it's like, I just always don't – I hate it when athletes have, like feel like they have to respond. They should just always laugh off. You know, and this is easier said than done when you see people slandering your name. Yeah, you want to – questioning you, your competitiveness and questioning your drive. Questioning your character. All this kind of stuff. But it's just like you're John Wall. You know, if it's bugging you, it's probably the parts that are true that's bugging you. For sure. And, Has to be. And uh, you're John Wall. Like, he's Stephen A. Smith. Like, all day you're going to take your life over his – yeah. You're going to take, you know, you are the bigger name. People know who pay to come and see you. Um, Stephen A. Smith is just trying to do this to get under your skin. He's just reporting what he sees. He doesn't have it. He doesn't, he doesn't know. I mean, he knows you, but he doesn't like know you. You guys aren't friends. They're not family. It don't matter. Yeah. Um, but it just got, it, this is the, this is the weird side about, uh, you know, media and, you know, reporting in any sense of life. Well, You're talking about people. Well, and what the weirdest part of of this whole thing, I think, is is there was a report that came out from a reporter in Washington, basically saying that John Wall wanted to talk man to man to Stephen A. about this whole situation, and Stephen A. went off on social media saying like he waited after like two different games. Yeah, on he two, wouldn't. Yeah, on he two wouldn't. separate occasions, he waited yeah, for see, John that, Wall. And this is and this is where you this is where you leave the topic because this is when you start. You're you're just trusting people's opinions, right? You know what I mean. Like that, you're never, you never, we're never going to get the full story between no, Stephen sure. and John Wall. There are three sides to every story: his side, his side, and, and what the truth. happened exactly. So that's when, like, we know we we got what we know. You know, the tweets and the interviews, and then you know the concrete evidence, um, his play. You yeah. know what I mean? Our own eyeballs, all that. We know who Stephen A. Smith is as a person and right. as a where uh, where he sits in the media personality pyramid and all of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is like just classic kind of bullshit that people <laughs> talk about, you know. Yeah, but I just I just I mean, listen, I He got mad because there's some truth to it. Yeah, because listen, at the end of the day, he did show up to training camp out of shape. He the Warriors or the Warriors, the Wizards got off to a very yeah. poor start. Stephen A didn't do anything wrong. You know no, Stephen I mean? A's just reporting then, on what he's seen. Uh, yeah. And then after that, as far as the whole like I try to talk to you, you try to talk well, to me. Well that's all he said. He we, said Yeah, we don't know. But all right. So 
All right, I'm going to click over now. I'm going to check it out. So All right. It out. I'm clicking over as well. The next topic we're going to talk about, this came out earlier today. The first returns from the All-Star voting uh, have come out for the NBA. Uh, and just a reminder, they kind of switched up the voting. It's not all 100% fan voting anymore. It's 50% the fan, 25% the players, 25% the media. For the starters. For the starters. Yeah. So this is, is just starters. for the starters. The coaches, the, the NBA and the GMs, the coaches and GMs put together the reserves, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I want to I wanna get your thoughts on some of the names that jumped out uh, on the list. Yep. And, I'm and I'm looking at, I saved this. I'm looking at the list for the first time right now. Um, but do you want to start with the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? Don't matter. Okay. Let's start, let's start with the East. Let's start with the East. Start so, with the front court players. Well, I was just going to say. And so it's going to be three front court and two back court, right? Yes. But the, to the top overall vote getters in the Eastern Conference okay, right yeah. now are Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, who has 991,561 votes. And then Kyrie Irving of the Boston Celtics. And they're ahead of everybody by a long shot. Yeah, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, Kyrie has just over 910,000 votes. So, I mean, a couple names that pop out. Obviously, Dwayne Wade is the second leading guard vote getter in, yeah. in the Eastern Conference. Uh, he's having a pretty good year. Uh, obviously, it's his last dance. Yep. Uh, his I last year. I think Dwayne Wade gets in there this year. That'd be cool. That'd I be awesome. I think Dwayne Wade's going to start um, this year in the All-Star game, which is cool, like you said. Yeah. I've Kobe saw, got it. AI got it. Kobe got it. AI got it. You know, they're, they're Michael Jordan got it. Yeah, Michael Jordan got it when he was on the Wizards. Um, you know, it's just a respect Magic thing. Johnson. And and I'm very uh, – I'm always very, like uh, – I get defensive in this topic about <laughs> the All-Star game starters because it's a fucking fan's game. It's yeah. not supposed to be perfect. We're not trying to put out the all NBA team versus I want to see NBA 200 team. points in a game in an all-star game. We we the it's a f game for the fans. It means nothing. Therefore, you should vote and have the guys that the fans want to see. Yeah. Just because Dwayne Wade isn't the top 2 guard in the Eastern Conference, like doesn't mean you should get pissed off. Yes, Kemba does like yes, Kemba or Ben Simmons or Old Depot who have never gotten a start before. You would like the idea of them getting their first start over someone who doesn't like deserve it this year. Right. This guy's been a mainstay in the league forever, and the right. fans want to see him out there. It's called um, the, it's it's called the All Star Game, not the Best Player Game. Yeah, like they exactly. like just because Dwayne Wade yeah. isn't isn't the best shooting guard in the league anymore doesn't mean he's still not a star in this league. Exactly, exactly. It's a, it's for the fans. And um, on that note, um, number seven on the front court and votings for the Eastern Conference. Is Vince Carter? I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. He's another guy it. that it's like, unless he finishes in the top three, which he probably won't. He's you know half a million votes behind. Yeah, he's not gonna. Um, go. He's not. But gonna if go. he's voted a starter, that would be cool. He's not gonna get in as a bench player. Um, I think again, he should you know, be in. That's, that's I think he should one. be in the slam dunk contest though this year. Um, yeah, if he's still, he could, if he feels like he's got it in him, that'd dude, be, he's that'd still be doing three sixties. He's he's still doing windmills. He could still probably get he, his elbow in the rim. Yeah, I mean, if he just threw out his retro dunks, people would go crazy. Yeah, they'd give him a fifty for it anyway. And then, uh, but yeah, so as far as the East, it, it was is pretty standard, you know. But right right now, Giannis, Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid as the starters is pretty fucking. That's pretty straight down the middle. Yeah. And then Kyrie and Dwayne Wade is I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, Jeremy Lin getting getting votes uh, <laughs> for the guards getting that. Yeah, but the, these top ten like look at the amount of votes compared to you know. Oh yeah, no, it's sixty two thousand compared to four hundred thousand for Dwayne Wade. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but moving on to the West. All right, so the Western Conference, the leading vote getter overall, obviously, was LeBron James. He mm-hmm. already has surpassed a million votes. Uh, and then the second leading vote getter uh, in the West was Steph Curry. He's got uh, 793,000 votes, so just over that. Mm-hmm. Um, now the number two, uh, the number two leading vote getters for both the front court and the guards. For me, both stick out. Yeah, big time. Because Luka Doncic is the second leading vote getter. And this is um, Luka Doncic. I've been waiting to talk about this aspect of the All-Star game for him. But this is like the Yao Ming effect where he has nations voting for him. Well, he's got nations voting for him. And, I mean, he's playing well. Don't get me wrong. He's a stud. But this is just like the veteran. This guy is getting in because of his, like, pull with people. Think think about this. He's got most fans. Whereas, like, you know, he's not better than Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Paul George. But he's taken the league by storm. Exactly. So it's 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 a similar thing to Yao Ming. That's that's what happened with Yao Ming. Yao Ming was a starter in the All-Star game his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Took in Shaq's spot. Um, it, that's, I, I think he's got, a whole, he's got a whole nation voting for him. That's, I, you know, I think Jeremy Lin got a lot of votes from from overseas. Yeah, um, but also with Luka Doncic, it's it's going to be a busy weekend for him. All Star Weekend, he's probably going to be in the the Futures game, the USA yep. versus the World. Yeah, I'd throw him in the Skills competition. Why not on Saturday night? Yeah, and then have him play in the All Star game on Sunday. Yeah, but he's not. He's the guy that's not going to get into the All Star game unless he's a um, unless he's a starter. But he has a legitimate chance. I mean, he right now he's not someone that's like flirting on the outside. He has almost seven hundred thousand votes. I mean, the only people that I could see surpassing him in the votes in the front court would well, be KD and Anthony Davis. That, that's and Paul the thing, George. Like, KD, KD, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. I think you're going to end up getting the job, and then Luca's probably not going to make the All Star team um, because of that. Yeah, uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be close. It's gonna be interesting. And then the number two guard um, is Derrick Rose, and he's which, the, and he's the third overall or the third leading overall vote getter in the Western Conference. And this is another one where it's a fans game, and Derrick Rose has fans out there. He's gonna win Comeback Player of the Year if he this keeps guy, his pace up. Um, is the best story is one of the best stories in basketball history. One of the best stories in sports. It's it's again, he's not necessarily the most deserving. You know, obviously James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Clay these, Thompson. These guys should be Dame Demar Miller. Derozan. Yeah, the list goes on. Um, but Derrick Rose, you know, he deserves it because he's a fan favorite. People love him. He's and a great people story. love his story. We, we've seen him at his the the peaks and we've in the valleys. Um, that's good stuff to see him in the All Star voting. Yeah, and then, I'm really pulling for Derrick Rose and and uh, and D Wade to be starting in the game. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, so the two Lakers uh, besides LeBron James also made the top ten in the front court and the back court. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball both sitting at eighth uh, uh, in the front court and the yeah. guards. Uh, they would all, need they would need something drastic to get in there. They would need a lot of help. Yeah. Um, but then also, interestingly enough, somehow Demarcus Cousins has received over ninety two thousand votes, almost ninety three thousand votes. Hey, that's what we've been talking about this whole time. And he hasn't even played a game. He's got the fans though. That's how that's how it works. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm sure Dirk's Dirk's got a weird amount of votes. You know what I mean? It's, I don't see him on here, but he should. He should get votes. No, but he's probably got some a weird amount of votes. Maybe not a ton, but he's probably got you know fifty thousand. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the All Star teams 
shake no, out. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, obviously you're going to get the pool of players uh, an even amount from both the Western and the Eastern Conference, and then the top, the top vote getters from each conference are going to be the captains. And right now it's looking like LeBron and Giannis are going to be the captains, and they will have their pick of the lot to, to come up with these all-star teams for this year. I'm glad it's those two, you know, just because then they can build their teams evenly. You know? Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. Take a big man, take a guard, you know, like they can play the same position. Yeah. So, all right, the the last thing we wanted to talk about uh, tonight, actually starting right now, I believe, uh, it's yep. the first matchup since the blockbuster trade over the summer uh, between the Spurs and the Raptors. Kawhi's return to San Antonio. Danny Green's return to San Antonio. DeMar and Kyle Lowry going to be on the same court, but facing each other for the first time. Uh, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun uh, to see what uh, what happens in this game. And it, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fiery one. I'm definitely ex- excited to see what happens in this one. Yeah, it's I think it's it, I think they're both going to want to win. And when Popovich wants to win, he normally does. So I like to see I think Popovich has heard the slander, you know, oh, heard, yeah, like, heard the mistakes, um, you know, and Kawhi's played so well that I like I like San Antonio. Um to outcoach the Raptors. I think Kawhi is going to come in and just Kawhi's going to go off. He Kawhi. scored 45 points the other night, a career high without a single three-pointer. Yeah, he's good. He's a good basketball player. <laughs> he does it all. He's, he's, he's got a good checklist going. Um, but no, I, I just think I, I like Popovich to get in there and get the dub. I think Kawhi's just going to come in there Spurs with Spurs are favored. They're, they might be favored, but listen, the, the Raptors, they're 28 and 11. The Spurs, they're 21 and 17, both obviously in the playoff hunt. Uh, The Spurs a little bit closer to being out than obviously the Raptors. But, I mean, listen, it's going to be a dog of a game. Yeah, Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be Kawhi trying and Popovich trying. And that's that's the draw of the game to me. That's why it was such a good headline. Yeah, for sure. But, all right. With with that, you got a you got a shout out before you get out. We get out of here oh, on this man. one. I mean, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's this. So much has happened. You got a New uh, Year's resolution? Uh, I uh, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but uh, no, my shout out's got to be Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson Fuck again. Pete Carroll. I gotta just I gotta keep shouting those guys out um, for making it happen this year. Losing everybody. Everybody's saying it's a rebuild. Um, they make fans like me seem smarter than I really am, you know, by trusting in those guys. So <laughs> shout out to them. All right. Well, my shout out this week, it's more of a personal in- endorsement, you know, like those political ads where it's like paid for by the TSK show and Eric Sklar and Tyler Pacholke. Uh So this is directed at Dan Guerrero, athletic director of UCLA. Now that you have finally fired Steve Alford after this horrible start to the season, you need to hire Earl Watson as the next head coach of the UCLA men's basketball team. He's got strong ties to AAU, strong ties to the NBA. He's a former UCLA player who knows what it means to wear the blue and gold. And he's a supersonic. (laughs) And to be a part of a historic program that only accepts excellence and championships. Earl Watson needs to be the next head coach of UCLA men's basketball. Dan Guerrero, get to it. I like it. All right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. 
All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.